Hello everyone and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative driven and crisply edited with painfully relatable characters. Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR. Super suspicious. That's sort of my deal. Constance. I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. And Alvin. My monstrous. As they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt, your compare for this backstage episode from our main house production, Vigil, and I am joined uh, by the players in this production. Welcome, Nat. Hello. Uh, welcome, Chris Starkey. Hey. Welcome, Strat. Hello. And welcome, Josh. Hello. How are we all feeling? This is this is the for us. This is the first thing we're recording for this production. Uh, are we all excited? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been so long since we've all recorded together. It's um, gonna be so much fun. You, you say that it's so long, but this is like same group again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like, the island reunion. <laughs> they couldn't get enough of watching us be stung by bees and fall off cliffs and uh, make boats disintegrate. Back yeah. for round two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. If you if you are unaware what we're referencing here, go back through our archive and listen to uh, Prospero and Viola, which is season nine in the Blackshaw saga. Today, though, the the Prospero team are back together, but not playing themselves. Uh, we are playing characters uh, in the, the town of Sheridan, uh, and we're going to discover... Uh, w- uh, we have all already, in our chronology, or even is time, recorded character creation so we all know what our characters are but we do not know yet how these four characters are connected how they know each other what their history is so that's what we're going to discover in this episode Um, so you should all have on your character sheet uh, a list of connections and relationships uh, and all we have to do is assign a assign one of those relationships to each of the other characters Some of them come with questions attached, so we'll ask those as well. And also, if everybody in Merely Role Players plays with everybody else over the course of Vigil, you are going to run out of questions and relationships, because I think there's only like eight or nine on the sheet, and there's 12 people in the cast. So if you want to make up a relationship that's not on the sheet... Or if you think of your character and another character and go, well, obviously this would be the, their relationship, but it's not on the sheet, then just feel free to go with that. So don't, don't okay. be limited by the options the sheet gives you, but use them as a jumping off point or a prompt. 
Let's start uh, at random with Starkey. Okay. Starkey, do you want to pick one of the uh, relationships on the sheet or, or a relationship you make up and one of the other characters and tell us about that relationship? Hmm. Okay. Um, so part of my backstory was uh, as a child, I had a horrific incident with some ghouls. And I think somebody saw me completely lose it back then when I caved in the skull of one of the ghouls with the big rock. Um, so I reckon Richard's character might have seen me from the woods. We've discussed this very briefly, sort of. I'm just changing it slightly for what's on my sheet strap. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so I think Richard's character saw the ghouls attack my family and he saw me cowering and then suddenly snap and then kill one of the ghouls of the blooming great rock and i'm not sure how much they necessarily saw of that but they saw me my foot my first experience of snapping and losing it so um as a 10 year old child richard saw that take place so this might have been slightly at a remove because if i remember correctly we decided that the this incident happened sort of in the like in the countryside surrounding town rather than in like the city, the town limits itself so it, in my mind this is it didn't happen necessarily in the rosebriar forest which is strat's character briar's oh, domain so, yeah, this, I, I thought i sort of um, i thought we'd imagined it was on the outskirts of the forest between yeah, the forest and the town that's what i was going to ask is yeah it was kind of is that how you saw it as well yeah so if you think it's on the outskirts of the rosebriar forest then that's great yeah, and I think, um, I'm not sure how much Strat saw, but um, he was the first person to witness the snapping of Cameron and him dispatching his first monster as a 10-year-old child. Oof. And then I asked them how much damage they saw me cause, whether they saw me actually do it or just the result of it. So I think Briar would have heard the happening of it and got there like just in time to see like the final blow like the killing blow so it's probably quite a, a shock to find the the cause of like this kind of whatever the sound of this was which i'm guessing is i, I imagine that was yelling and a lot of sound so yeah to turn up and find this little boy having brained a ghoul with a rock would have been a bit of a shock. Which is interesting because Briar is very old and has seen a lot, presumably. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that that, was, that that had an impact. Yeah, that's a new one for a, a tiny human to, to do that. Actually, yeah, you, you two have a, at least some form of relationship for, for quite a long time because Cam has then, Starkey's character Cameron, since that incident has been away from Sheridan for a long time and has then returned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I don't know that I know that Briar saw me do this as well. Yeah, and if he went away, there'd be a question of whether Briar would know that Cam is the same person as that little boy with the rock. Unless it's True. come up. Depends how vocal Cam is about that incident in his life, I suppose. Otherwise, he might just be a, another monster hunter. I guess we'll find out. Let's ping pong around. So that relationship pointed at Strat's character, Briar. So Mm -hmm. let's now, Strat, would you like to come up with a relationship with one of the other characters? Yes. So looking at my um, 
so there, one of them for the monstrous is you lost control one time and almost killed them. But so I reckon that while Nat was a duck and Briar was piddling around as a predator, as his wants to do, I reckon at some point Briar was stalking that duck, maybe as a stoat or a weasel or something, and leapt and somehow like the duck, although a duck is still a a kick-ass shield maiden so probably just like smacked the weasel about a bit and Briar was like hey this isn't no normal duck and sort of like backed off it's like not quite sure what's going on here and so before Nat uh has probably kept an eye on the duck like this is this is a weird thing that I'm not sure because like the godly side of things I don't think Briar would have too much understanding about he's seeing this natural thing that is very much not natural and is is kind of strange for him so I reckon he was he kept a close eye on this duck and so was probably one of the first to meet her when mm-hmm. she became her true form and was like aha I knew there was something weird about that duck no duck can beat up a weasel. <laughs> this duck can. <laughs> and this duck did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I Get like that, that printed on a t-shirt, this duck can. <laughs> Quack. <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's ping over to Nat now uh, for a, a relationship that Gwyneth has with one of the other characters. Are we, sorry, are we saying Gwyneth or Gwyneth? Um, I think it's in that kind of uh, soft D mm-hmm. Welsh kind of way. So it, it is, uh, it's spelt Gwynedd, but it could sound like Gwyneth. So it's kind yeah. of halfway between the two, sort like Gwynedd. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Cool. Um, so yeah, in addition to all the questions on your sheet, uh, we have this hovering question uh, from your character creation of who first realised that you weren't a duck and yes. released you from that curse so yeah. that's that's something it would be cool to try and uh, work out and it sounds like we may have a slight seed of that but up to you for now uh, which of the three would you like a relationship with and what relationship well so in terms of Gwyneth's duckness and exit from duck state I, I kind of felt like the reason she was banished and exiled and turned into a duck was because she she saved a, a human and the Morrigan didn't like that. So the a part of her curse is that the humans just pass her by and they don't recognize her, right? So it kind of I know this group is very magically inclined and it would make perfect sense for one of the magically inclined characters to to recognize that she's not an actual duck so i reckon absolutely there's this relationship between her and briar and maybe they'd figured out ways to kind of communicate or something while she was still in duck form but i think it needed to be that a human realized a human that had managed to overcome the omission effect and realized that the duck was not a duck that actually brought her out of that state so i don't know whether that would have been Cameron's character especially if he'd been away so yeah I didn't want to kind of pin it on Cameron and say that that is that what happened um especially as we have met all of the other characters so it could have been something along the lines of if if Briar knew and maybe maybe Ginny would have been able to tell and help as well but it had to have been one of the mortal humans recognizing her to fully bring her into herself. So it could be that a lot of people had a part in that. 
I'm open to other people throwing ideas and suggestions out there as well. The whole idea of having to be like an actual mortal, yeah, normal cool. person. Who... It's gonna, is it going to be Dave? Is Dave going <laughs> to be feeding you bread? The most mundane. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but maybe it was like once he'd had his experience waking up. What was it? He, he woke up surrounded by runes or something, was it? He crashed the van. Yeah. Yeah, in the mm. middle of the roundabout, upside down. <laughs> um, maybe there was one of those uh, moments where he kind of, he, he'd always fed the ducks with, with his niece. And then that after that, he was like, hang on. It would, it would make equal amounts of sense if it's Renko, Vicky's character as well, because I'm sure she could make the, draw the connections between, wait, there's a there's a pub called the Duck and Parsnip, and there's a duck on the sign on the yeah. town coat of arms, and there's this duck in the duck <laughs> pond that never seems to die. Yeah, yeah Cameron would not have noticed these things. Something's got to be going on. <laughs> and I like the idea that those of us that are more magically or uh, sort of arcane inclined, so myself and Briar and you know melody and graham and and jess and such who were just like yep that's a duck but we also kind of know it's not a duck but we're not going to do anything about it we're just aware that there's a person swimming in the pond they're having a lovely time they're getting a load of mixed free bread so you know (laughs) let's just let them the the duck is not in distress so briar once spent the best part of a decade as a goat just for the fun of it this (laughs) this person as a duck might just like being a duck let them be a duck the fact that there is a a person who has been condemned to be in the form of a duck for thousands of years is probably not even top 10 weirdest things that are happening in Sheridan (laughs) right now exactly exactly Um, yeah so, so i quite like that Cool. So let, let's not pin the, like, who broke you out of the curse relationship on, on a particular one of these three, um, yeah. which leaves, leaves us open to what, what, what relationships would you like with one of these three? Well, I, the, what I was thinking with, uh, with Ginny, with Josh's character, is the, um, so there is the, their prayer, perhaps an informal or even unconscious prayer, summoned you one. Obviously, that's not kind of what happened per se, but maybe it was the involvement with the group and Dave realizing and Ginny was able to help uh, Mick focus. I, again, I don't want to speak for, for Ginny and the way she works and the way her magic works, but perhaps there was, once that realization had happened, she was able to help channel because she realized the situation. That makes perfect sense. Uh, even if the intention wasn't directly to free the spirit of the duck from the form of the duck, um, it might have been a bit of a consequence or a side effect that might have happened. Maybe there was something, I don't know, an evil presence in the pond or around the area that you were at the time. And as a side effect, you were, you know, released from your anodyne form and, mm. you know, cast into, into human form again. Um, it's definitely something that, that Ginny would do. Uh, Ginny wouldn't play with the idea of one particular divine god, the Morrigan, mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think that's part of her pantheon. Um, right. As discussed before, she deals more with like the old gods and the gods of the forest and the elder ones and you know the, mm-hmm. the spirits of, of Sheridan. But there could, there could have been like an arcane spark, just um, a moment of real concentrated arcane energy that fired up the magic and brought... Gwynnid out. Perhaps uh, unintentionally, perhaps there was some sort of magic ritual that was going on around the pond and in the general area and as a side effect, perhaps the duck was caught up in sort of like a highly concentrated burst of, of arcane 
uh, energies. What if you were trying to like conjure a guardian for that area of the forest? Mm-hmm. And so the effect of the magic was like, oh, well, there's this guardian who's here already. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just make her into more of a guardian-y form. Yeah. Like that. Rather than bother conjuring a new one. Yeah, I like it. I think that's a good idea because I, I don't know whether or not the, 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 the elder magics and the druidic magics would be enough to overcome the divine spell that had been put upon Gwynedd, I think, if that's well, I, I think it's got to be the combination, right? It's got to be the combination of the um, the mundane and the mortals recognizing and realizing that ain't a duck, and you also doing that magic. So perhaps there was another monster the that group had been collectively dealing with um, something that was maybe a bit more minor, but they had tried to desecrate or curse the pond in some way. Maybe, maybe it was some kind of pond monster that had just left Gwynedd alone because it was like I am not messing with that yeah so as a result of you trying to counter curse and banish and bless that area Mm. yeah that makes sense because Ginny's got a bit of a long and complicated relationship with ponds it's one of the reasons why she was um, (laughs) chased from her village and branded a witch Um, Mm. I I love the idea that some sort of spell or big magic ritual was undertaken in the dead of night around around the pond and there's just this huge explosion from the pond and all this water gets thrown up in the air and as it settles where once was a duck floating on the surface now stands a holy uh, shield maiden curls and and professor trelawney sodden and shivering but holy feels like the end of season one if this was a tv show where all of the the regulars have finally defeated the pond monster and uh yeah some divine being is ready there for season two and as viewers is she good is she bad well, it, it would be that kind of mysterious and there's a, a bit of a glow and the, the wind and everything's a bit epic. And then she kind of just looks up and goes, oh, hello. <laughs> just says quack. <laughs> quack. <laughs> now, where's that damn weasel that tried to eat me just a few months ago? <laughs> Can I, I, I wanted to just pop back and um, just do a little word on, because I know obviously you were saying that Ginny doesn't um, uh, worship or support any particular god or, or anything it's more of a, a a pantheon and the old gods the interpretation that i'm taking from the celtic myth is that morrigan is part of this pantheon of mm. old gods there, there's like i i mean i'm kind of paraphrasing and hacking my own because there's so many different disparate stories that tell different versions of who these gods are to each other but the the general feel that i got was there's um anu sometimes called anand or danu or danan <laughs> All these different names, who is Danny kind boy. of a, a bit more mother of everything, Mother Earth, connected to old gods and other pantheons as well. Um, and the Fey folk uh, used to be referred to as uh, Tuertha Dier Danan, or the children of Danan. And the point is that all her children eventually were, f- like, they are the Fey folk that were forgotten, and that's how they lost their power and became mystical rather than real. That's the kind of mythology that I'd assumed from. So I don't know if that changes anything as to whether Ginny acknowledges Morrigan's existence or not. I think the thing with um, a fantasy setting such as this, although grounded in, you know, the the mundanities of Middle England, is that, you know, the gods are proven to exist, 
right in this mm. realm because people literally carry their powers in holy swords and holy symbols where those of us who know about them know they're all there and there's no like oh i don't believe in morrigan because oh look here comes Gwyn with the holy holy um yeah. bow staff and you know glowing magic powers it's more of like an acceptance of who you follow it's more of like a tribal thing it's more of like a political allegiance or like a, a sport supporting allegiance be like <laughs> you, oh yeah. yeah oh yeah no i, I know about Mor- uh, morrigan but i just i don't know i just i, I always grew up as an elder god's guy i grew up in an elder god's household so you know i've always supported them so sure i'm with you love it um josh your turn uh, would you like to pick a, a character and tell us what your relationship is, with them is yes i'm going to bring this delightfully full circle and i'm going to pick cameron I'm going to uh, interpret what's written down here slightly differently. So let me read what it says. Uh, So it says, They act as your conscience when the power goes to your head. Ask them about the last time this happened. Now, I want to do two things. I want to flip that. I want to act as the conscience of Cameron. Okay. But then I'd also like to say, I hope throughout the course of the game that Cameron reciprocates and becomes my conscience. Because oh. I think just with the the sort of the power dynamics and the levels from the, what I'm reading of these characters, it'd be nice if there was like a sort of grandmotherly approach from Ginny to Cameron to sort of help look after him a little bit. And maybe Cameron pops round to the Oddities Grove to Ginny's cottage and, you know, pops in for a cup of tea or whatever, and they have a chat. Um, but I'm hoping as, uh, as, as the story progresses, perhaps, like I say, it flips on its head and Cameron reciprocates and we're both helping each other out in that way. Uh, but again, I don't want to put anything in, uh, in, in Chris's mouth here. No, no, I like it. I think that the whole point of this is you, you're meant to put things in our mouths, right? So, so, so to speak. <clears throat> yes, quite. A little bit, yeah, yeah. It's good to good to express aspirations and hopes for how things might go. People are never going to be able to deliver on those if you don't say them out loud. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I like. So I've got to decide at a point where I feel like I, I had to rein you in, so to speak. Yeah. Yes. Which. I, again, although Ginny acts as Cameron's conscious, perhaps there has been an, uh, an incident that's happened already in our friendship, in our buddy cop routine, where Cameron has helped Ginny out. So, Chris, ask them about the last time this happened. Then I lost control when the power went to my head and you had to act as my conscience. Um, I'm sort of unsure as to what you can actually do, Josh, I'm afraid. But what sort of powers can you actually do? Because I imagine it's like you did some sort of spell or ritual that i felt was going to take things too far Mm -hmm. um are you a particularly vindictive person do you take things personally do you i don't think so i think she's quite pragmatic she's been around as you know for 700 years or so as far as she's she's aware or at least has been reborn many many times since then and she's been kicking around sheridan quite a long time like really silly and really simple so in the in the oddity shops you notice what people are taking interest in and you just keep magically putting the price up. Every time they turn around, it's got slightly more expensive. And I keep noticing this. So you just keep you just keep rinsing the local populace just ever so slightly for your own ends. And one, one time, the little mug set that um, should normally be sold for £2.99, you hyped up to 10 quid. <laughs> and because they really, because the, the grandma who was there loved it so much. And she kept saying, oh, I, re- I really like these mugs. These mugs are so beautiful. And you keep hearing this. And, you, and the price just keeps going up by 50p. Every time someone turns around, they come back. So the price has gone up a little bit more. And they just don't realise. They don't notice the price keeps going up. And, uh, and so I sort of give you um, a withering look and say, excuse, 
uh, let's, let's put them back down to two pound ninety nine, shall we, Ginny? You know, that's not that's not how we treat people in Sheridan, is it? These are these are visitors to our town. Let's 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 be nice, eh? So really, you're less of like uh, a conscience and more of like a financial regulation authority in Sheridan. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping tabs on all, all these weirdos. So th- you know, this is this is quite interesting. This rolls in quite nicely because you know, why would Cameron be in the be in the shop and be able to um, be able to exercise that sort Maybe of authority? Uh, Does Cameron <laughs> want the job? Because I've said previously that I've got uh, like a part time assistant working in there and everything's going quite well. Does Cameron Cameron do yeah. the tills? I literally have no income, so I I work in the oddities shop, and I mostly do it to keep an eye on you. That's <laughs> 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 as far as I can throw you. And I I think exactly the same. I think that you're going to get in trouble, so I'm just keeping you off the streets to uh, stop you falling in with any ruffians and any danger. I like it. I like it a lot. Cameron is my assistant. That's it. We've got like a like a buddy cop thing going on. We've got like. Uh, Great granny, granny and the psycho going on right now. I can imagine you on the back of the Harley. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So that, that's, that's the power that that's the sort of power that I care about. I don't care if you're going to blow up half half the countryside with your magic, as long as it kills the monsters. But when you start fleecing normal people, I can't I can't take that. I'm afraid, Jimmy. That's brilliant. That's a lovely little window into Cameron's mindset. <laughs> Uh, I've actually got one for Ginny, if possible. Yeah, go for it. I like the idea. One of the things is that you saved their life back when they were a pathetic newbie hunter. Now, obviously, she she was never a pathetic newbie hunter, but I like the idea that Cameron thinks she is. (laughs) He is uh, one of his first few forays out monster hunting in Sheridan when he comes back to town. He sees this, some sort of feral beast that Ginny is quite easily capable of dealing with. But all Cameron sees is an old woman being cornered in an alley with some sort of, I don't know, dire wolf or something, you know, creeping up on her. And um, and just as Ginny's about to cast some spell to deal with it, an axe just takes the head off like quite <laughs> cleanly and says, you hear a voice saying, oh, you should probably go home, it's going to be okay. And as I turn around with the axe over my shoulder, walking back towards me, Mahali, Ginny would probably be like, I had that. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jenny G- G- was like, "That was my husband." <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like that almost as if she's set up this situation where she's pretending to be a vulnerable woman to draw out the direwolf yeah, or the yeah, yeah, or the lycanthrope yeah. or whatever it is to uh, to to eat her, and she's like, "Oh, I've got this. It's all under control." And then some little thug, some little ruffian, comes in, steals is the kill stealing uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, type. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. thinks I like the cut of that lad's jib. He should come and work in my shop, <laughs> or at least who the hell was that? <laughs> he better come and work in my shop because he recognised this thing. I love it. I'm happy. I'm down for that. All right, nice, Josh. We're back with you. Um, who don't you have a relationship with yet? I'm going to pick Briar, and the relationship is a comrade in arms. You've faced the biggest threats together. And so the way I picture it is throughout the, the, the centuries uh, in the past, Ginny and Briar, along with all the forest folk and the fey types, uh, have fought against all sorts of nasties and monstrosities together and as like a, like a large woodland alliance. 
and so we've known each other for quite a long time and i've just got this image of Ginny riding on the back of briar in horse form uh, yeah. in, into battle against some i don't know some corrupted treants or against some you know um blight carrying monstrosities and it's us and all the strange fae folk all the satires and and the bog hags and the gnomes and everything else that comes out in like a you know peasants revolting type where they all come out with their sticks and their and their pitchforks <laughs> and we lead them into battle together i like Amazing. the idea that the, the like the countryside around sheridan is the location of this huge like historical magical battle that we le- we like <laughs> led the charge against something and now you're sat there in your little oddity shop <laughs> it's a total fall from grace and i'm being told told off by a shotgun wielding ruffian <laughs> lunatic this, this has lovely um flashback montage potential as well because in, mm-hmm. in, in every like throughout the years and the centuries and the decades throughout like every time the two of you fight side by side you're both in different forms probably yeah because mm. yeah, well, sure. i can shapeshift anyway and Ginny, Ginny, i think you said has been like various animals has been a breeze at one point mm. that's it <laughs> Reborn i wasn't all I, different things i wasn't particularly effective in the battle when i was a mere breeze but <laughs> there we go i like the yeah, because we we discussed in my character creation that there had at one point been this big sort of like outside threat against forests and stuff which is part of what the guardian was and that has kind of not there anymore for whatever reason so it'd be quite nice if the reason it's not there is because Ginny and briar defeated it or at least pushed whatever this was back in this big epic fairy monster battle so we're like we've dealt with that and like the centuries since has been dealing with other smaller you know serious but smaller threats as well and we've kind of but whatever that thing is and i think we you, no need to, to define it but that was the the moment where we kind of turned the tide against this this force whatever it was and the added bonus of all this is that we can totally do the Vietnam War vet thing, just smoking cigarettes with a far away look in our eye, like you weren't there, man. You weren't there. <laughs> I also quite like that it's it was maybe the like the the tipping point was the alliance between the the all the Fey folk in the forest and Ginny and whatever human force that she was able to muster as as well. Um, and there's this kind of that that's the point in history where Bri was like actually these humans are all right like maybe mm. if we work together uh, my forest can be stronger but they're still fun to ride around on my back as a horse yeah well i like the idea that perhaps it brought together the warring tribes of the woods you know uh, against the common foe and since then there's been an alliance amongst all the the fairy and the fey folk in the woods mm. led by briar lovely we're back with strat sure so I guess I will bounce back to Josh. Okay, I think I saved Ginny from another hunter who was prepared to kill her. So Ginny, what happened? Well, firstly, uh, thank you everybody for saving me, uh, <laughs> a, a, cri- a crippled little old lady from <laughs> the nasties in, in the woods. From, an, from another hunter that's interesting um are you intentionally flipping this strat because the relationship as written is that they saved oh, you sorry yes i read that completely wrong okay no let's not you're, intentionally you're, you're monstrous so a, yeah, a hunter might have a reason to want to go after you 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's 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 flip it. Someone, so some hunter tried to kill me, and we have a long history together. So this could be any time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that somebody could have been coming from from Doom. Let's tie it into Doom. I think there could have been a renegade operative. Uh, who was getting sick of the? Who knew about the power of the forest and of the Woodland Trust, and was coming after Briar, and they weren't aware that the danger was coming for them. The true power of the Woodland Trust. <laughs> I would love to tie this into. We know that the Department of Emissions has had some shady business around the forest in the past, anyway, because that's why there were ghouls around that attacked Cam's family. Mm-hmm. So potentially you know they were they were doing illicit catch and release on ghouls for unknown reasons maybe they were attacking the forest's guardian at the same time as part of the same strange plot yeah i like the idea that it's almost like a political assassination they know the power Mm. that briar has um both in woodland guardian form but also in general manager of the woodland trust part of uh, sheridan so i think maybe they were they were coming to you know maybe they wanted to poison you with lead or they wanted to you know drive drive a stake through or or, or, yes salt the earth and um because if you get rid of the general manager you know the, the power if you get rid of briar then the whole organization will collapse and they can continue to release ghouls and cause all sorts of chaos how does that sound sounds pretty good kind of fits in with my my next one kind of building on my history of cam as well so yeah for sure cool so Ginny saved briar from from that attempt uh, probably getting underestimated by the do again mm-hmm. <laughs> classic is that attempt going to be the the same incident that ended up with briar's family being killed by ghouls is it cameron oh, sorry or is it different i think it would be good to have them sort of close enough together in time that you could be forgiven for thinking there's an association mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. let's not make it explicit yet sure. okay. so like within 200 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> do plays the long game yeah well no they've only been around since victorian times oh, exactly they're they're these upstart kind of newbies that are come and True. muscling in on our turf in a lot of ways nat you're you're missing some relationships at this point so do you want to add another one i think that uh, one of them is they're the person you go to for advice on mortal stuff and i think that's absolutely briar because (laughs) 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 because briar has this human persona that they have constructed for when they are around the humans so clearly they're an expert on everything human right (laughs) 100 percent definitely don't lie and tell you things for fun (laughs) and i think i think since the attempted murder of the duck there has been some kind of forms of communication between gwynedd and and briar i like to think the next day briar came back as a duck and kind of just sidled up next to gwynedd just hung out it's like quack quack Yeah, so I think there's already been that kind of friendship there, but uh, but now Briar is helping Gwynedd with like, well, this is what modern humans are like. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, the, the only like proper human here is not the one you turn to for advice on how to be a human. No. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's an atypical life, poor poor lamb. Nat, where do you? live now that you've come back i don't know yet possibly in the forest 
I was wondering. Could could she kind of have hooked up a, a hammock in one of your trees? Yeah, more than welcome. Then very possibly that. I think she would be much more at home in the forest than in a, a two-up, two-down terraced house. <laughs> <laughs> also, no income. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that makes more sense to me that she would hang out with the, the people that she kind of knows because there would have been even more fae folk around in her time. Yeah, the fae will take you in. We'll give you sanctuary. Thanks. Just don't uh, don't eat any of their food if you're offered it. That's right. No. Well, I, I don't know if Gwyneth needs food, per se, mm. or whether she would not be affected by it in the same way. Justice is her sustenance. <laughs> yeah. Who else is missing any relationships? I don't have one with Nat. Cool. And I haven't gone back to Cam. Cool. Uh, does anybody have an idea of what any of those ones will be? Yep, I've got one for Nat. Great. I think that I would have met Nat's character through Ginny, and I think I would respect their hard-earned knowledge and often come to them for advice on how best to deal with certain monsters. Cool. I think I would respect her battle prowess, if not her kooky, magic-y shit. (laughs) And I also, by the way, I call her Donald. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everyone's going to have a stupid nickname, by the way. Good. <laughs> so I've got Donald, I've got Tinkerbell, and I've got Old Woman. <laughs> <laughs> took you a long time to think those up, didn't it, Chris? Yeah. I've been thinking that out for six months. I've been putting on Tinkerbell, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, that, that kind of ties in with my idea for um, for Gwyneth's relationship with Cam. So I'm, I'm tweaking one, if that's all right. So there's one here that I, and I don't think it, that Gwyneth would feel this way about anyone in this extreme. Um, the, the one is they fill you with feelings of sexual infatuation. You're confused by the, associ- the, the associated mortal emotions. Now, I don't think it's that per se, but I think going back to Gwyneth's history, the man that she saved, the human man that she saved from the Morrigan uh, that caused her to be exiled, I think she did have a, a bit of a, um, a kind of romantic interest in him, but nothing ever happened. But I think Cam looks exactly like him. Ooh. And I, I think, like so she is like, well, hang on. Is the Morrigan going to come back for this one? Ooh, okay. I like nice. it. Nice. Great. That's amazing. That's so good. Awesome. Damn sexy cam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why do you think the uh, why do you think the shop's so full of <laughs> old women? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing. I think she uh, she knows that Cam is different, and she doesn't necessarily have romantic or sexual feelings for Cam. But there is that weirdness. Well, he looks exactly like that guy that I did think was pretty hot that I saved and was exiled for. So sure, yeah, awesome. Complicated feelings of. Last time I acted on this sort of emotion, it got me turned into a duck for thousands of years. Mm. Cool. Is it just, uh, Strat, are you the last one with a a relationship that's not assigned? Yep. Uh, It's back on cam. So what I'm going to say is I've got one here where um, you saved them 
from another of your kind and prevented reprisals against uh, that individual creature. So I reckon when Cameron came back, he was very kind of like gung-ho, obviously, just like anything, anything supernatural, anything weird, must be bad, going to kill it. And I think, obviously, like the surrounding area in the forest was probably very much a, a, like a focus of this thing. So I reckon maybe on like the first night or very soon after came back he decided he was going to go hunting weirdness in the forest obviously not knowing that there's just this happy community of of fae living in there and he is going to be like hunting down one of them and try and and trying to to sort of like slay this beast i think just as he does like a massive brown bear is going to come bouncing out a thing and put itself between him and the thing and just like roar and get up on its hind legs and kind of just like stop it probably a bit of a scuffle and there's going to be like this this was the hopefully a moment where Briar is able to like like hey look we're we're just we're just we're just like this nice community i'm gonna i know who you are i recognize you i'm gonna give you a pass because i i understand why you might not like us but you need to bite the fuck out of my forest <laughs> because otherwise we're going to have problems you can't come in the forest unless you can hang can you hang are you cool (laughs) (laughs) exactly um and i think i'll bring Ginny in into this slightly i think like with the help of briar and Ginny, we have maybe tempered cam's like utter hatred of everything kind of supernatural Again, Chris, I don't want to force this on you, but like maybe that there is this tempering, and while you're still very much up for killing everything and lose control, there is this kind of understanding. Like, okay, there are some that you know shades of grey. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I don't need to kill them right now. Sure, but obviously, (laughs) yeah, exactly. You're still ready. Like, if they put one foot out of line, but yeah, also, yeah, big bear came at you. So sure, I like it. Mm. Amazing. So, does everybody now have a relationship pointing at each of the other three characters? Yes. Yes. Brilliant. Okay, we are we are we are woven together. <laughs> the 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 group is is knit closer, for better or worse. With that, uh, we're now we're now ready to play. Hey. We're all excited. Yeah. So excited. Let's Go do it. This has been Vigil, a main house production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Chris Starkey as Cameron Jarvis, Natalie Winter as Gwynedd, Strat as Briar, and Josh Yard as Ginny Greenteeth. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alex Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing this episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on.